Hear ye, hear ye. We have all gathered round to celebrate season two of That Park Life podcast. Hey, we're on our second year officially. Happy, happy one year. The 2020 version. The 2020. What can, what can our listeners expect in year two? We're going to so, keep it fresh as always. We're always looking for new, fun, and exciting ways to talk about Disney. Because uh, Disney's always evolving. Was that the right answer? That's the right answer. And I decided that I want to integrate uh, curses into our podcast because I um, find it hard to uh, refrain. So I came up with some Disney curse words that will make it easier so we could like still oh, emphasize. Said I was like, oh, are we getting like. It's <laughs> about to be the Sanderson here? sisters in here. Um, curse words. Yeah. Like if you're, if you really want to complain about someone who's annoying, like, man, that mother Phoenician, you wouldn't believe what he just did. <laughs> There's an example for it. So things to look forward to in season two with me making up Disney curses. Anyway. Disney cuss cuss words. See, I call them cuss words. You call them curse words. Swearing. Disney swearing. North, south. Disney swearing. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, let's actually start this episode now. That's good stuff. Let's do it. Welcome to that Park Life podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Beth, and I'm Greg. I'm oh, sorry, and I and I cut Beth off. I just really want you to be like, and I'm old Greg, just once without me try- having to say it to you. You know what? I'll have you. you now you have to look forward to, I think, in future episodes. Yeah, guys, season two. Can season you believe two. it? I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah, a year. Obviously, of what? it's not like the day. We're, we're more of a to the week type, yeah. type group here. Yeah, our first um, episode released on January 29th. 2019 so we're just at a we're at a year yeah. right now i feel like we should go back and listen to it and be like well, no mm, we were so young back then <laughs> um we have a jam-packed episode today because we're doing our deep dive classic style disney dark rides i may have gotten the order of those words wrong so you can jumble yeah, it around and figure know. out what we're trying to say um you but know what we're saying i thought it would be uh it's important to me to make sure we thank people for listening because i know that there are people who have been listening since day one and you've had to put up with us for 52 weeks yeah, um, we appreciate of us. that. Yeah. It's, I don't you know. You really like us. Oh you really, God. really like us. If not, you've just really run out of other podcasts to listen to. And either well, way, some I'm. Of you, well, and some of you, we've got, I've gotten to meet in person. So. Yeah. That's kind of cool, too, to like meet the peeps. Meet the peeps. Um, we've had some, a lot of people on the show. We, we did that on our Christmas episode where we kind of recapped and yeah. where are they now? So, yeah, it's been a it's really, really fun year. I'm excited to see what this year holds. Who knows? Um, before we jump into it, I'm, as as you might be able to tell shortly, since I'm going to like, I want to rush into our topic today because I'm excited about all the stuff we have to talk about. Bef- before that, though, um, I want to mention, so uh, Disney released a YouTube video with some like behind the scenes thing, behind the scenes from uh, the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. I don't know if you saw it, but there were well, two. I saw it in the notes. And so then I went and watched it and was like, <gasps> yeah, so they released a video on like the Disney Parks blog, I think, YouTube account. I think that's where that is. Um, of two cast members who were, quote, training. And I'm putting quotes in that because like, do you really think they did training? But anyway, um, of someone important at Disney, right? That's the important thing. And one of those people in the video on YouTube is Amanda from our uh, yeah. cast member uh, chat 
episode, I think it was episode something I wrote it down, I already forgot it, episode 44, uh, where we had Mitchell and Amanda on, and she mentioned how she was part of the team, the opening team for that attraction, and sure enough, she's in the video there for it. Was. Yeah. She's official, it's like, hey, I know her, yeah. Amanda, I know her. So you she's can got go all out. the behind the scenes um, secrets. She I just want to hear, I want to hear more about it, but we got to wait. Tell when we were talking to her, so she's really good at her job. Yeah, but. whatever. We're about so a month don't away. Ask her she won't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> We're about a month away too from that attraction opening. It's set to open yeah. March fourth. That was pretty cool. Okay, first of all, do me a favor. Uh, flip your camera down just a little bit because I'm always <laughs> seeing from like your nose up, and it's super weird. Well, there I, we go. There we go. Hey, Sorry. <laughs> you can, I do have a I do have a chin. It turns out. There you go. I didn't. I couldn't even tell what you were wearing. So now I'm like, oh yeah, you're wearing a hoodie. You it's look just a hoodie. Good stuff. Guys, it's freezing here. It's like 58 degrees. Yeah, I um, can't wait. Can't wait. It's like in the 30s here, but literally, I'm. I've been look. I'm in the zone now. I think I've mentioned this before on the pod. Uh, I'm in the zone where I start looking at the weather every day in mm-hmm. Orlando. Yeah, we're getting close enough to it where I'm like, what is it going to be on <laughs> Tuesday when we're there? What is it going to be on Wednesday when we're there? So, I'm on weather watch, if you will. Good. Um, but yeah, we've got lots of goodies today. Um, our Look, we did Haunt, Haunted Mansion is one of the ones that I'm covering today, and there's a lot of research. There's a lot of information. We even have our own book, so I use one of our own resources. Wow. I feel like Wait, I you wrote a book about the Haunted Mansion? Basically, I feel like <laughs> of all the information to the point where I had too many notes to save in our Trello thing that we use that it was like, we cannot save because you're 400 characters over the limit. And I was like, crap. <laughs> so I had to go copy and paste it into like a separate note so that I could go through all my notes, but... I'm excited. No, instead of crap, you say it's a bunch of camel spit, That's like a from bunch Aladdin. Of spit. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be a better word. Or you're doing it like, ah, oh, what the figment? <laughs> I'm gonna need a list of all these so that I have I can a list. use them correctly. <laughs> we'll post that on our, on our yeah, blog. <laughs> we'll get there. I don't want to give away all the secrets. Um, so before we do our big topic, we do have a little bit of news. And honestly, I sacrificed my news because I have what I consider to be a longer than usual history. And I really want to get into a deep dive. So with just one news story, uh, we'll still give it the introduction anyway. News nuggets. Dip them in your sauce and put them in your mouth. Okay. Um, this isn't really news. I mean, I guess it is. But I like the Wildlife Wednesdays. I know I've covered it before. We talked about it with pumpkins when they, how they give the animals pumpkins in mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom. But this one was about new babies at Walt Disney World, which I feel like I'm, I am always down to see what kind of new babies we got going on. So on January 21st, a yet-to-be-named Hartman's zebra fowl was born to mom, Prima, under the care of the Western Savannah team. Uh, it says this moment marks a milestone for the park. It is the first time this vulnerable... Mm. I love how they use that word. It is the first time this vulnerable zebra species has been born at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh. So... This baby came weighing in at 65 pounds. Uh, it was standing and walking within 30 minutes of birth. You go. And it said when he's ready, so it was a male, he'll be introducing stages to other zebras, and then they'll join the herd as they go out into the savannah. I'm sorry. So, you said this what? thing was born at 65 pounds? 65 pounds. The poor it's mom. A zebra. I know, I but mean, like, I guess maybe they're used to it. They're probably built to withstand that, whereas a human yeah. would literally be split in half. I think the giraffes are like bigger than that, but... Um, so that was one. And then this one, there was a male Anglin black and white colobus monkey. I don't know the exact name. I'm probably botching it. Someone <laughs> out there that works with animals is like, you idiot. Um, named Douglas, which oh. I love. Oh, Douglas. He was born on January 15th to mom Zara at the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. 
Um, they said as he grows up, his color will change to black with white around his face because he's like gray right now. Um, and on his tail, like the others in his troop, they said he is the second in his family to be born at Disney's Animal Kingdom because he has a sister named Alika. Oh, my and God. Born in 2018. And she likes to groom him while mom looks on. Oh, <laughs> super cute. That um, is so cute. two babies to be looking for. I don't know what the time frame is of when these babies get out. But if you're if you see them, be like, oh, my gosh, I've heard about this. Yeah, they usually spend some time, uh, you know, behind the scenes to make sure they're ready for the elements. Yeah. Um, and ready for to you know to be part of the safari or part of the exhibits. I remember when they got it was one of the last elephants that was born, and they were like super weird about it when we were on the actual um, safari because we we're like, there it is, there's the baby, and they were like, what? <laughs> they acted like they didn't know about it, and I'm like, there's it's the new baby elephant like, <laughs> out there, but they like acted. Whoever our driver was was like trying not to really make a big deal out of it, so I thought that was weird. It is weird because it's not like it's something that can be hidden. It's a tiny elephant, right? Like yeah. there's no way to disguise it. I mean, she was kind of up against this area. Like, you couldn't see it until you made one of the turns. But when you look back, you could see it. And it was like, there she is. And I couldn't remember what her name was. It was like Hannah or something like that. But <laughs> I just remember the driver being super weird about it. I'm like, okay, are they just trying to keep that a secret? Because it was like on the national news, whatever. Yeah, it's true. We probably covered it here. I just to report on babies. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. Speaking of babies. Okay. I don't know okay. what that means. Um, we'll do some history, and I gotta tell you something. I learned something. Typically, when I pick like a history event, it's something that I re- kind of remember a little bit, or at least like I I don't know. Usually, it's something I remember. This I don't I don't know that I ever knew this thing existed. So this is back in 2004. A special ticketed event was held at Magic Kingdom. So this is before the days of like the after hours, and yes, this is not before the days of. Like the Halloween and Christmas party. This is a different, this is a one-time only thing. Right. Incidentally, Disneyland does that a lot now. Like, they just had the 80s night the other night. But in 2004, they held a special ticket event at Magic Magic Kingdom called, quote, This is Love, a Royal Night to Remember, unquote. And the night in there is K-N-I-G-H-T to give you, like, that probably medieval, 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 like, you know, prince, princess thing. Yes. Other that other time period. You yes. So I actually found the like advertisement for it, not the commercial, but like a uh, probably like a flyer or something they had, or like an email or something like a description on the website, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And you tell me, and I want to read it, and I hope hope that you'll all indulge me on this. Close um, your eyes as you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please don't close your eyes and drive. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Um, I did. This was not an intention, but now that I found those trumpets, here, let's try this. Hear ye, hear ye. We call to all those of royal lineage and those who dream to be to appear before our royal court of Disney princesses and princes this February 4th, 2004 at the Magic Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort for a night of fun, adventure, and celebration. Could they be more made? By the way, that was really well-timed trumpets. I didn't even do that. So um, as our special guests, your evening will include a gallant quest where only, only the... Where only the most brave and strong will prevail. A plentiful feast of both hearty food and beverage. Exclusive ball gifts to all our guests. You know me. Love a good ball gift. And of course, special appearances by our most honored and royal Disney friends as we join them before Cinderella Castle. Blah, 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 blah. Gathering around in a royal, uh, as the royal send-off as the evening ends with a special viewing of our new Wishes fireworks show. Um, Be warned. Guys, watch watch out. Uh, we have heard rumors of those that are upset at not receiving the royal invitation, and then parentheses, villains, 
<laughs> so we will ask for your help all evening in locating any uninvited guests. By the way, I'm 100% on board with this, and I wish they would yeah. bring this back. I am um, curious what the food was. What were the treats that they're talking about? What was the feast that they were talking yes. about? And how much was the, the price? And the price is coming up. Also, okay. you will have the opportunity to pre-purchase special themed products created especially for this magical event. Pre-purchase? You go before. Anyway. Um, the only thing I think it was the Bippity Boppity Boutique, but was that around then? I can't remember I, when that started. I don't know when that started either. Um, all well, they our, were probably blowing up if it was. Yes. <laughs> all our royal guests are invited to dress appropriately for this majestic occasion in their most royal garb. Oh my gosh, did you? Did you Finally, I can wear bloomers. When so, I travel to Disney, I always bring my royal garb. Yes. <laughs> um, please make plans to join us this February 2004 for the most royal and regal occasion as we celebrate a slipper, a quest, and an evening of fun. Tickets okay. are $125 That's for adults. Ten in 2004? Ten, 10 and up. And then 95 for guests uh, per guest per chil- for children, three to nine. Tickets are extremely limited for the first ever royal event. I don't know that they ever did it again. I couldn't find anything that said that they did yeah. it again. Probably because they had like 20 people come. That's expensive for back then because now the uh, after hours yeah. events are about what, you know, depending on if you, you know, about, let's say about 125, 130, or I think somewhere around there. But like, man. Yeah, that's a and that's a huge gap of time. Yes, sixteen. Wow. Well, at this, yeah, sixteen years ago. Oh my goodness. <sighs> so I if you knew that. about that, I'm Beth. I assume you didn't know about that, right? No. No. If no. anyone listening, I, I, on any crazy slim chance, the ones who attended. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. If by some crazy reason you actually went or someone you know, please reach out. I'm, I would love to see. I couldn't. I didn't do it. I guess a deep enough dive to see if I could find it, any videos of it on YouTube, but. Um, I'm dying to know if you know anyone that happened to go. Yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, I'm going to go back to 1989. What, what? <laughs> uh, this was in 1989, Disney issues new dollar bills and $5 bill Disney dollars at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Oh. I forgot about Disney dollars. Never have I used them. But it said the, um, excuse me, <clears throat> the $1 bill depicts Mickey Mouse on one side and Sleeping Beauty Castle on the other. And the $5 bill features Goofy on one side and Epcot Center, Spaceship Earth, and the Empress Lily Riverboat on the other side. Interesting. Empress Lily Riverboat? I don't remember who that is. Uh, well, you know, Lily is Walt's wife. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I was like, <laughs> who are they talking about? Got it. Sorry. Um, so then I did a little research and I found out that the Disney dollars started on May 5th, 1987, and then they stopped printing and distributing them on May 14th in 2016. Yeah. And I have some from 2016. I, the year they were going out of style, my mom got all of us a bunch of them. Yeah, and they said that, um, I think the article said that they would still honor them. So yes. if you could still use them, they just weren't printing them and giving Correct. them out anymore. I but think even they- now, if you went up there with the 20, they make 20s a 10. Um, I think they'll still take them. You might get a uh, a confused look from a cast member. Yeah. So maybe go to guest yeah. relations first and be like, hey, I like to trade these in. Yeah, I think it was, a, they had a one and a five originally, then they added a 10 later. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was pretty cool. I gotta dig them up. I'll see if, if I can find them. Yeah, uh, by the time this episode releases, I'll post a, a photo, at least of the ones that I have. It is real money, dude. Yeah, I know my mom. Um, back at her house has a bunch of like original, well, old, older Disney dollars. That yeah. uh, it's part of the fortune I get when she kicks the bucket. Is that a morbid thought? <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's a five dollar bill you're with like, Goofy on yeah, it or whatever. You're like, her will and you're like yeah but what about the disney dollars? what about the- actually i'm more concerned about her dvc points but whatever so um my mom's always joked that her body won't have me cold as we're dialing 1-800-900 uh, whatever the number is i forgot it 
um, to get to the Disney to make sure we can start <laughs> using our points to book a vacation. We're calling member services. Anyway, on a much lighter note, let's talk Hi, about Mom. some. Yeah, whatever. Let's talk about uh, some classic style dark Disney rides. Um, and if you've been following along on Instagram at that park live podcast, you saw I was in the park the other day and I posted a few photos from the rides that we're going to be uh, talking about today. So we have Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, the Navi River Journey, Animal Kingdom, uh, Haunted Mansion, and the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yes, in part two, our rendition of part this. Part two, yeah. And then part we uh, uh, part three will be mostly in Epcot, I believe. Yeah. Because we've run out of ones at We're getting there. Magic Kingdom. So uh, I'll start us off. Let's talk about Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin over in Tomorrowland, of course, of Magic Kingdom. Um, Let's do it. The origin story on this one's probably a little obvious because it happens to be based on an existing set of characters and stories and whatnot. Um, this, although specifically, this is supposed to be inspired by Toy Story 2, if you're being technical about it. I guess because of the more prominently featured uh, Zerg. So in this oh. ride, you're in the Gamma Quadrant, which is otherwise patrol- patrolled by the, quote, real Buzz Lightyear. And here we all join forces with Buzz to defeat the evil Emperor Zerg. I can't say it in the normal way because of the way they say it when you're passed by and, and the people move over. Uh, of course, Zor- and this so in the, the story, the background story for this attraction is that Zerg is trying to steal all the batteries from the toys and use them to power a new weapon of destruction. <gasps> did you know that? I had no idea. No, that's why I was like, I really did not. And know this that. is the crazy part is but that they. Because there, you see a lot of batteries. There's batteries everywhere. There's batteries yeah. in the queue. There are batteries throughout the ride that you're shooting at. They'll put the Zs on it. Um, and I feel kind of dumb because there's actually audio. You know, Buzz is out there. The animatronic Buzz is talking about. He's actually giving you the background of the ride if you listen to what he's saying. And that's one of the things he says. And I have a little yeah. clip of that coming up because there's something I want to mention about that. Um, but in this ride, you are boarding your own Star Cruiser, the XP-37 can't figure out the importance of the 37 because i've seen photos where it's not a 37 it's a 38 or a 40 but it's a different parks worldwide okay and of course you're you're here to defeat the evil emperor zerg uh this ride opened in october of 1998 so it turns 22 this year it's getting old if you think of it that it's like man that's kind of old as far as doug Doug would say it could legally drink (laughs) yeah oh my god yeah this ride could vote and drink can't quite rent a car at a cheap rate, but it's getting there. No, that's true. The Imagineers use the existing Omnimover track from some of the previous rides, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but their challenge this time around was to keep the track, but come up with completely new ride vehicles. And their goal, and what we wound up having today, are vehicles that not only spin based on user control, user interaction, but right. they can also keep score. So there has to be a two-way communication from the the ray gun you're using right. and then the rec and the ride system so that became the biggest challenge was that um, but they knew they were going to use the same ride track yeah. uh, i mentioned the queues full of battery cells and pipes and things that are all plugging into quote star command to give you that okay. command center vibe Star command, uh, yeah yeah i can hear it i can hear it in my mind you can hear it yeah the duration of the ride is only four minutes and 30 seconds and did you mention how often it stops? <laughs> it does slow down. A lot of times it's slowing down for guests in wheelchairs or guests with special needs because it is an Omnimover attraction. A lot of times that's why those types of rides are stopping or slowing down yeah. is to let guests on or off um, if they need more time. Unlike some other rides where they could load separately um, right. and they kind of like slide in. They got to do it there. The voice of Buzz 
in the attraction is not Tim Allen. See, now this is an argument I have with Nicole every time we are around the people mover. But he's the one that like pops up for all the Toy Story Land stuff. So that's interesting. Well, because he is is Buzz Lightyear. But kind of like how um, Tom Hanks doesn't do Woody. It's actually his brother. Someone else is doing the voice for Tim Allen. But it's always the same guy when it's not Tim Allen. So it still sounds consistent. So, um, but so what I was saying is this is a, I don't know if Nicole can hear me now, but this is typically a conversation that Nicole and I have when we're on the people mover and you go by the part that's near uh, Buzz Lightyear because she claims that it's Tim Allen. Like, there's no way. I just know it. It's close. That's yeah. the point is oh, that it sounds similar, cool. but it's not. But I have a piece of audio from the ride itself. So if you're in the queue area and you're waiting to get on and Buzz Lightyear is doing his thing. And this was kind of a newer animatronic for Disney because his body is still all animatronic, but they use a the projection right. on his face, yeah. which at the time was kind of new. Uh, but here's a little bit of audio of Buzz Lightyear explaining what's going on in the ride a little bit. And uh, you tell me how close he sounds to Tim Allen, or if it sounds just a little off. Buzz Lightyear's mansplaining. <laughs> he's, he's doing a lot of, yeah, Space Rangers planning. His robotic army is stealing crystallic fusion power cells. Without those cells, we'll all be powerless and at the mercy of Zerg. Zerg. Yeah, when you play it that way, you can definitely tell it's not him. It's not him. But the way that it comes through in the ride, it's very echoed. Yes, they definitely... So yeah, so it's not as um, as crisp, and so you like you're like, oh yeah, that could totally, could be, totally him. be him. But when you play that, it's like, oh yeah, it's definitely not him. him. Not him, um, which is fine. I don't, I don't, I'm not a purist in that sense. It doesn't bother me. But don't forget, in the ride, there's usually people chatting. There's all kinds of sound sound effects yeah. going on. Um, you can kind of hear the ride too, because you're at that point, you're getting close to the to the loading area. Um, the rides changed quite a bit over oh. the years, okay. as you might imagine. Um, it was a bunch of attractions, so I'll just I'll tell you what they are and see how far back you can go before you... Yeah, you're talking about the actual ride space, not the actual ride. Correct, yeah. So the, the venue has been used quite a bunch of times. Um, of course, now it's Buzz Lightyear. It started there in 1998, like I mentioned. From 96 to 98, it was an attraction called Take Flight. Mm-hmm. From 89 to 95, it was Delta Dream Flight, which is when I learned about Disney. So I still think of that area as Delta Dream Flight. If you go back a little farther, you go to uh, 87 to 89 was If You Could Fly. And then 72, when this area was first opened, 72 to 87 was If You Had Wings. So it was all flight. All flight related. And you could say that the Buzz Lightyear one might be a stretch of flight, but you are going out into the universe and flying around and whatever, whatever. Do you remember what the company was that owned it? Uh, Well, that's had a couple of sponsors over the years. Obviously, the Delta Dream flight was... Delta. American Airways. No, oh yeah, that's right, Delta. <laughs> um, Buzz Lightyear was, for the first year, sponsored by Mattel. And then the rest of them were just a bunch of different companies uh, yeah. over the years. Um, yeah, they're all flight-related, which is strange. Um, I decided not to include the clues on how to get a high score on this attraction, because okay. this is an audio podcast. And to, to right. really convey that, I feel like you have to look at it. So, But you will hear the sound a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was reading, I read a lot of, of different articles, which are mostly opinions on this. And some of the articles were, or posts or blogs, whatever you want to say, were suggesting that, you know, to, to set yourself up for success, um, before you start to actually aim at things, put your hand in front of your ray gun and shoot it and see if it's off or not. Because yeah. they were complaining that a lot are. And I was like, well, I'm sure that it's not 100% precise the way that you would always want it to be. But I don't think I've ever experienced it more than once where it didn't shoot the right way. 
the hard part is knowing that where you're like that it's your laser. You have no idea because there's a million other of them. people's oh because God. everyone's looks the same. You're like, I don't. So like a lot of times I'll just shoot over like where no one is shooting. So just I to see. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, kind of like slowly move it back over to where you're trying to yes. get it so that you know that it's yours. Yeah. Um, and then my other beef with it is that the Disneyland version. Yes. They have removable guns. Yes, the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster is there. You can still yeah. spin in your car, but they do have the gun that comes up and out. It's not a stationary gun. Yeah. Like, can we get a short refurb? Come on, Disney. Take your time. Do six months. Ever, Close it. Yeah, I don't think they've ever done any kind of refurb, have they? No real, like, hard, uh, with big structural things changed refurb. No. Um, although they did include the... I don't think the photo pass is always there, but that, to me, that's not really a big refurb because the whole ride is the same. Is the same. Other than like paint, you know, of course they're going to paint to do some like cosmetic stuff, but no real structural changes. Right. Um, some cool facts with a Z. Facts. Facts. As you remember from part one of this. Uh, just so if you were to just get in your XP 37 and start <laughs> to go into uh, into your battle here, if you just shoot the laser without even really aiming it pretty much the whole time consistently, you'll still score over a thousand points. Don't get me wrong. Oh. It's not a lot of points, but... It's going to be like 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 because every couple of shots, it gives you like 100 points. It's got to do that, you know, 10 to 13 times, basically. They're like, you know what? You did a good job. Well, that's the thing because it's you... It's really kids, too. It is. some get on there, they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Um, some kids and some adults. But um, if you do that, if you just shoot the whole time, even if you're not hitting anything, you still will qualify into the second category on the chart at the end. So you're not no. at the lowest low if you just kind of are willy-nilly it. Um, you still come out of that ride a space scout. Well done, everyone. Yeah. Well done. One tip I will tell you is pray that the ride stops while you're on it. It's a great way to become a yes. galactic hero. Unless they like, but sometimes I've that's happened and it's actually reset all the points. Oh, and I've never seen that. Then you hear one collective. Everyone groans. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, sorry, everyone. Um, Which I think that's happened and Doug's still maxed out. And I was like, I hate, I hate oh you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, whatever. I can't say that that's happened to me, but um, I have heard of it. Oh, here's the sound of what happens if you are on the attraction and they reset your scores. Oh, oh week two in a row, I think, of using Cody's groan. Exactly. That's exactly it. Are we going um, to have to start paying him? <laughs> uh, no, he has his own podcast. It's not Disney specific. So if he ever wants to, to use my sound effect, we'll call it even. Um, anyway, one, one note I will tell you as we wrap up here on the Space Ranger spin is just make sure you're hitting the center of the target, not just the entire, th I mean, yeah, I think you wind up still getting a little, but you do want to hit towards the actual center of that, of the target itself. Good luck, everyone. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, Space Rangers. Okay. All right, guys. It's time for the Haunted Mansion. Okay. So there's, I did a lot of research on this, a lot of different sources, obviously I use Wikipedia because who doesn't, we have the haunted mansion Imagineering book by Jason Sorrell. Um, I think it's Sorrell. Maybe it's Sorrell. Either way you say his name. Um, I got some things off of www.hints.com, TPM videos on YouTube. So a lot of different things from here. We're going to go through. Um, there is way too many things to go through in general. So I'm going to cover as best as I think I can. As best okay. as I can. You're going to cover uh, asbestos? Asbestos, oh I can. So I wanted to start this off because I thought this was kind of fun. I went to the Disney website and I wanted to see like what they actually said about the thing. Mm -hmm. Like how did they yeah. explain what the ride is? So um, this is what Disney says. It says, a spirited tour. The disembodied voice of the ghost host is your private guide to the cadaverous realm of an eerie haunted estate. Home to ghosts, ghouls, and supernatural surprises. 
glide past a casket-filled conservatory, Madame Leota's chilling seance room, and a ghostly graveyard of singing specters as you attempt to find your way out. Beware of hitchhikers. These phantom pranksters may follow you home. Happy haunting. <laughs> and then it says, before entering the mansion. <laughs> a musical crypt, a leaky tomb, and a ghostly rider are among the creepy haunts you'll, fi- you'll find outside the main entrance. Explore supernatural, hands-on experiences only at Walt Disney World Resort while you await your fate inside. I gotta hate a leaky tomb. Don't you just, yeah, don't you just hate it? <clears throat> so, all right, the origin story of the ride. Um, so I, you kind of have to go back to Disneyland. Yeah. Because somewhat, like it's pretty much a replica. There's some differences and we'll talk about that. But so you kind of have to go back. So the idea for the mansion came actually before Disneyland was created and Wet Enterprises was created. It was back when Walt Disney hired the first of his Imagineers. So at the time they were developing the attraction and it was supposed to be located across the street from Walt Disney Studios. And in 1951, the first known illustrator of the park showed a main street setting Green fields, a Western village, and a carnival. Um, Disney legend Harper Goff developed a black and white sketch of a crooked street leading away from the main street by a peaceful church and a graveyard with a rundown manor perched high on a hill that towered over Main Street. So that was kind of like the original hmm. idea for it. Um, Imagineer Ken Anderson was assigned to write the story for it. Um, plans were made to build a New Orleans themed land in the small transition area between Frontierland and Adventureland originally. And then weeks later, after that was put out new orleans square appeared on the souvenir map it promised a thieves market a pirate wax museum and a haunted house walkthrough so anderson studied new orleans and old plantations he came up with a drawing for this annabella manor overgrown with weeds dead trees with like bats boarded doors all you know all the things you see on like haunted mansions basically um but disney didn't really like the idea of that because he didn't want to have a rundown looking building in his park because it just makes sense would would look bad um, and then one of the things that he visited, which I kept, I always thought that <clears throat> one of the mansions was um, like the look was after the Winchester mansion um, in San Jose, California, but he actually visited the Winchester mystery house as they call it. And um, he loved that they had all these, A, that it was so large, but that there were like staircase to nowhere. There were doors that opened to walls mm-hmm. and whole elevators. So if you know anything or you can go do your research on the Winchester mansion, but the story is like kind of creepy. Basically the house was never finished. Yeah. I guess the story was like, she kept making rooms for ghosts and stuff. And then they made a whole movie about it. But anyways, <laughs> you like some of the ideas for the inside, but that's not what the architecture for the outside looked like. Um, Anderson envisioned many different stories for the mansion, um, which I'll go through in a little bit, but basically Imagineers Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie created Ken Anderson's stories in the studios at Wed Enterprises. So it's kind of, if you think about it, it kind of ends up being a like modge podge of all different stories. It's not like one specific thing. So we'll talk about that. But did you say one of the last names of those uh, Imagineers or whoever there was Gracie? Yes. Yeah. As, as in, in Gracie. Yeah. Master Gracie, Gracie Manor. Interesting. Talk about that. Um, Imagineers offered up ideas for the attraction, including bizarre objects like coffin clocks, candlemen, talking chairs, man eating plants, tiki like bus, living gypsy wagons and a mirror with a face. <laughs> Uh, and Walt liked these ideas, but he wanted to make them like a museum of the weird. So that was kind of another original idea was like, let's do a museum of the weird type thing. Um, they wanted to have like a restaurant side um, to like the now haunted mansion, similar to the blue Bayou at pirates of the Caribbean, uh-huh. yeah. but they never ended up doing that. So no, none of those things were actually like implemented in the final attraction. That was just like another idea. Um <clears throat> The attraction was supposed to open in Disneyland in 1963, but it ended up being opening in 1969. 
Um, they, they're like in that time period, they said Walt was basically um, all wrapped up with the World's Fair. So the Haunted Mansion project was kind of put on hold. And then he ended up passing away mm-hmm. in 60. 60- so after that, there was a whole redesign of the attraction. Um, Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie, who I just mentioned, they were in charge of creating the visual illusions for the attraction. They intended to make the Museum of the Weird into a separate section that guests would walk through and discover illusions from around the world. Um, but guests would be able to see like transparent ghosts and other apparitions using the Pepper's ghost technique, which I'll talk about um, also. But um, then they have Mark Davis and Claude Coates, who are other Imagineers. They were two of the mansion's main designers. Mm-hmm. They disagreed on should the ride be frightening or should it be like fun? So originally Claude wanted a scary adventure and produced renditions of like moody surroundings with endless hallways, corridors of doors mm-hmm. and numbers environments like that. Mark wanted it to be like funny. So he thought the ride should be a silly, like and full of gags. Yes. Um, so basically in the end, they both went out because ex Atencio, who his name comes up a lot. Um, he combined both of their approaches and created like a transition of dark foreboding to spirit and entertainment, as they would say. So he kind of put both of their ideas together. I I read that too, and I by the way, ex Atencio. Obviously, I can't pronounce his name because I'm a straight up gringo. But um, I know he appeared in the Imagineering story. Um, but you may remember. I know we we probably have talked about Mark Davis a bunch of times. But of course, he wanted it to be silly because he's Mr. Sight Gag. He was one that all all the things we talked about in our part one of this in Pirates of the Caribbean, of all of the yeah. different sight gags that he built into the ride. And it's so nuts to think that this attraction is what it is today because two people didn't agree on the overall theme of the attraction. They were like, okay, we'll do both of it. And yeah. the, in, in the way that they were able to do that. So that's why all these people are so incredible because it's like, how do you take these two things and put it together? And then this, I think they just ended up calling them X. Like it was easy. Everyone called them X. Yes. We able to do that. So it was like genius. Um, after Walt Disney died in 66, they, the project basically evolved. So they decided not to do the museum of the weird restaurant idea thing. Like they were like, we're not going to do that. Um, but Imagineers are also like, we don't want to do a walkthrough attraction because it has low capacity. So they, they even suggested doing like two identical building attractions to accommodate, accommodate twice the guests. But as like, they were talking about all this, that's when the development of the Omnimover system um, came about so it was originally created for adventure through inner space hmm. and they just that same idea and they like renamed the actual um you know cart you're in the doom buggy so obviously you know i mean there's many rides on disney that do this it's a system it's a continuous chain of semi-enclosed vehicles offered um, that offer a higher capacity because it's moving at all times all times yep it can be set to rotate in any direction at any point. And it, it just uh, allowed the Imagineers to control like what you saw and what you heard throughout the whole thing. And they also liked it because it split people up. Mm-hmm. So instead of like a whole group of people walking together, it splits you up in like one to three people, um, which gave a better fit for like you're walking through a haunted house alone type thing. Yes. Cause it's the one thing I don't like about actual haunted house. Well, when you go to haunted houses or haunted anything like Halloween Horror Nights, it's not a knock on universal as a whole, but any and, and anywheresville, you're, it's like you and a hundred people walking in a in a conga line of people. So I like that they knew that and split it up, and you're only there with one to two other people. Yeah, and um, so obviously it was open first in Disneyland. Well, at the same time that they were doing this, they already knew that Project X was happening in Florida. So they already knew that they were going to do a replica. So when they made everything for the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, they were they made rep, uh, replicas of everything. So so it's kind of like this was actually all done at the same time. It wasn't like a whole separate thing. Okay. Uh, 
So it opened obviously in Disneyland and then it was an opening day attraction in the magic kingdom in 1971. Um, it is part of Liberty square. So the difference is with us is that it's part of Liberty square. So the Honda mansion is set in the Liberty square area. It's based on the concept of Liberty street, which is like life of the original 13 colonies. So think like New York's Hudson river Valley, it's original home of sleepy hollow and the headless horseman story. It's a place that had a lot of uh, stately old manor houses where like mm -hmm. English and German settlers would gather. They would talk about supernatural things. That's kind of where the whole Sleepy Hollow thing came from. So that's why it's in that area. Um, it's, you know, which is not New Orleans Square. It's a totally different thing. Um, okay. So that is kind of the origin story. I know that was a lot. <laughs> Don't you have a lot of notes? The story, there are many different stories. So once, I mean, I'm just going to kind of give a mention because I can't get into all of them. There's too many like different stories that were offered up. Um, and then there's also like fan stories. Yes. So um, the main ones that I found were the first one was the legend of Captain Gore, which is a, basically a mysterious sea captain disappears. That was, there was a kind of whole storyline around that. So that's kind of where the sea captain part comes in. So there's a lot of like, you'll, he, there's a lot of different things from each of these. You're like, oh yeah, they have like a sea captain. There was like a picture inside of the sea captain. Yes. And there was also a tie in Columbia Harbor house with that same, like the same weaponry or whatever that the captain's holding. You can find it in Columbia Harbor house. That was like one of the things that yeah. they offered. It was like, no. And then they have one called the Bloodmere Manor, which is about a hundred year old Southern mansion that had been moved to Disneyland. So that was like another original story that they mm -hmm. did. Um, another one was called welcome to Walt's place where the idea was that Walt Disney himself would welcome guests live on tape and then like walk you through the mansion together. Hmm. Another, um, idea that they had offered up. And then there was another one with the headless horseman, which would have been an adaptation of Washington Irvin's, the legend of sleepy hollow. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of where that comes in, especially for Liberty square. Cause it's around that time. Yeah. And then there's the story of master Gracie and Emily. Like there's, I mean, there's all kinds of, it was like, where they were like, Madame Leota killed her and then she, he hung himself. And I mean, it's like, all <laughs> stuff. and then the last like kind of storyline part thing that was um, added was Constance Hatchaway, obviously mm -hmm. is what we say. So there's like little elements of each of these stories. There's never, I don't think actually been a final, like this is the story of the, of the mansion. Yep. So it's kind of another cool thing. Cause you're like, Oh, there's all these different things to it. Uh, my favorite part is going backwards out the window. Cause it's supposed to be like, you're being pushed out the window. Yeah of the mansion in the attic so I, i've always thought that was really cool and you become the 1000th ghost exactly and even though there's two people in your doom buggy so it's really 1000 1001 1002 that's why they have a party in the graveyard because they're like welcoming you to your retired like at the mansion death anyways um all right construction info so during so i talked about this during the production assembly of the props and audio animatronics for disneyland they recreated everything so they already knew florida was coming everything was created in that sense. Um, it was completed by April of 1971. So everything was done that far. Cause it, what, it was October of 1971 when yep. it opened. So it was, everything was done by April. They had to wait till the park opened in October. Um, the Dutch Gothic revival style was what is what is used for a lot of houses in the rural areas there. So there are two mansions that the outside was based on. And one is the Harry Packer mansion in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, which was built in 1874. And then the layout of the actual mansion is based on the Rathbone estate in Albany, New York, which wow. was built in 1842 and 1845. Hmm. So the two that the look is actually based on. Um, because of the ample space within the park at the Magic Kingdom in um, Disney World, the attractions show building is much larger and it's not restricted by any railroad berm. So it's a larger, um, longer ride. 
than the original. Okay. Um, in Disneyland. The ride duration is around, uh, let's guess. What do you think the ride duration is? Of I would say five minutes. It is around eight minutes and 20 seconds. Oh, that's pretty good. For an Omnimover, that's actually pretty long. Um, the Pepper's ghost effect is used, which we talked about this. It's brightly lit figures out of the audience's sight below the stage or above. Um, it's reflected onto a pane of glass between the performer and the audience. Um, to the audience, it appears as if the ghost is on stage. So most people don't know this. If you like are not a fan, you know, you're like not into Disney's history or whatever. You don't know this, but there is a huge piece of glass in the ballroom scene um, in the middle of the room. So there are like basically real animatronics above and below you with lights projected on them. When the lights come on, that projection reflection is in the glass. So mm-hmm. it looks like it's a see-through thing, but it's, there's actual real animatronics. So that's the Pepper's ghost effect that's used. Spoiler, guys, they're not Spoiler. real ghosts. Hello. Well, interesting, because if you lean forward, like if you lean forward over that balcony part in the ballroom scene, you can see like the the feet kind of dangling above you. <laughs> the shadow. Yeah. So you're like, oh yeah, there is something up there. Paul Freeze is the ghost host. So yeah. he recorded additional voiceovers for that for All Right as well. And then you may obviously know his voice. He is Ludwig von Drake and Boris Badenov from Rocky and Bowinkle's cartoon series. And he, which I did not know this, he was even the Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh my gosh. Undercovertours.com. <laughs> um, I want to I wanna interrupt you because mm-hmm. I'm a big Paul Freeze fan, it turns out. Yeah. So I have some audio from Paul Freeze recording the uh, narration which we now know from the Haunted Mansion. So uh, here's the first clip. So this is Paul Fries, uh maybe not going so smoothly as he's recording uh, some audio for the ride. The happy haunts are received of Faldrick Numbage. <laughs> the happy haunts of... Three. The happy haunts have received your sympathetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize for a swinging wake, and they'll be expecting me. See you all a little later. His voice, man, it just like Ooh, just slices good. right through you, doesn't it? Find that clip. That's so cool. There's a bunch on YouTube. You just gotta look up Paul Freeze uh, Haunted Mansion recording. Um, here's another one, uh, and I, I think this might creep you out a little bit. So. Hello. Wait. If you're listening to this and it's late at night, just whatever. If you're in a room, turn off the lights and listen to this. Your eyes, unless you're driving. And then when you turn the lights on, someone's going to be in the room with you. So here's uh, Paul Freeze doing some more recording for the Haunted Mansion. Hey, <clears throat> well, then let's do this. Yeah. You want me to do it very bre- breathy like that? All right. Yeah. All right. When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Creepier to hear without the yes, <laughs> it just goes right through you. I don't know, man. The way he I says terror, to terror, too. terror. Yeah. Like, you want me to do it all breathy? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Um, uh, I have one more piece of audio for I, you. So, this is today. <laughs> this is Paul Freeze, okay, but he's not doing Haunted Mansion here. You try to figure out what he's doing here somewhere. Over the rainbow, 
way up high. No, this is too much. So I'm Googling, you know, I'm like looking up Paul Free's audio and stuff, and I come across this album that shows, I don't have more songs, but it's just him singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and I wanna, I want you to hear how this song ends because, or how this verse ends, because it's just, it's just so weird. It's talking it. Over the rainbow, skies are blue. Skies are blue. Almost like he's trying to do like Paul Freeze does Bob Dylan. Yeah, and it's like jazzy a little bit. He's in someone's in the back smoking a long skinny cigarette. You hear some glasses clink. Yes, so there's some Paul Freeze for you. Love it. So that's Paul Freeze. Um, the next thing I have is that grim grinning ghost song. It was composed by Buddy Baker with the lyrics written by Exitensio. Yep, you heard it. Uh, the song was originally known as the Screaming Song. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, that can get a little dirty real fast. But anyways. <laughs> Um, like pirates, it had to be composed as like a never ending song. So, you know, the pirate song, obviously it plays on a continuous loop, but you don't ever know there's like an ending to the song. So they kind of had to do the same thing here. Um, Disney obviously likes to do recycled animatronic molds. So they use those to create new characters like the auctioneer and pirates. Um, it is also the, the ship, sorry, the auctioneer and pirates is also like the ship captain turning in the ballroom. Oh, gotcha. The tall jail cell guy at the end of Pirates is a character. Um, he's also used like as, you know, as like I think he's sitting at the table in the ballroom scene. Okay. With the crown on, um, and then the whistling pirate is the grandma, or no, sorry, the, whistling the one blowing pirate. out the cake or something, yeah. right? Oh my gosh, I yeah. never knew and that. Then, um, the other animatronic that is also used is the grandmother from the Carousel of Progress. Progress. Oh. <laughs> like adding progressed. <laughs> Oh, anyways, um, so it's kind of cool if you think of like looking at those and you're like, oh, yeah, that is the same one as this oh one. Oh, my gosh. You're blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, okay. You ready to talk about how it's changed? Yes. Okay. Here are some how it's changed. I feel like we need a... <laughs> um, in 2001, the moving rest in peace Madame Leota headstone was added over by the door before you go inside the mansion. So that obviously wasn't always there. They decided to make this, um, you know like her headstone or whatever, where she kind of leans forward and her eyes open and she looks around. Mm -hmm. That was added in 2001. Um, And I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about some details too, but just remember like every detail, there is like a story to tell about it. So um, in 2006, so the original bride in the attic had the beating heart, you know, you you got closer and you could hear her beating heart. Yeah. In 2006, um, that was replaced with the, with the newest bride, which is Constance Hatchaway. Constance is the ride's villainess who married, sorry, villainess who married many wealthy men in life, um, killing all of them for their wealth. Oof, smart then, girl. Yeah, the same time as when those photos of the grooms, like when you get past them, then the heads disappear. Um, those were all added in 2006. So that's kind of like a new storyline, mm-hmm. uh, especially with her at the end where it's like that projection on her face thing. It looks really weird. Um, in 2007, the paintings in the corridor were replaced with, so they were like, originally it was the moving eye paintings. Yeah. Um, they were replaced with the transforming portraits that we see now. Okay. That was updated in 2007. And I think those are moved. They said some of them are moved to other places in the mansion. Um, Doug mentioned this, but I couldn't find a date on it. Was the canopy over the line queue? Because originally that wasn't oh, there. It wasn't there. And not, I mean, if you look at old school haunted mansion yeah. photos, it's just open. Yeah. So I don't know when they added that to like help get people out of the sun or rain. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. In 2007, um, if you remember where the big spider webs were, 
um, those were replaced with the whole like endless staircase illumination, yes. illumination projections. So that's where those like spider webs used to be. They would kind of like move every now and then. And mm-hmm. then Doug and I were pretty sure that if it's not the same spider, it's a, sh- you know, a replica for sure, but it's in the, um, the temple at oh, Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Cruise. Ah. Yeah. Cause I, we, we were, went, we were like, they took the spider out. Look at this spider over here. <laughs> I mean, they re- they recycle things, so it could be the same spider. I just don't have, like, I don't know if it actually is. Um, and then in 2011, the hitchhiking ghosts over the dune buggies, that whole idea went from being, like, an animatronic to a projection overlay. So, um, you know, originally it was like it looked like they were in the thing with you. Like, it looked like you were looking through a mirror, but I don't think it was an actual mirror. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a double-sided thing or whatever. And then they changed it to where they're like on top of your cart or they're in your cart and they're doing all these different things. So that was done in 2011. Um, something that I did not know was that Disney does not have original names for the Hitchhiking Ghost. Interesting. Um, they were actually named by Disney fans and cast members. So huh. yeah, fizz, uh, it just kind of stuck. So I think now they're kind of, they're like on it, but originally like they were not the ones to name them. So Phineas is obviously the larger one where he has the top hat carrying the carpet bag. Um, Ezra is the name of the tall, bony one tipping his hat. And then Gus is the short convict with the beard and the ball and chain. Oh. And obviously now they're featured as like real characters in the yeah. party at the parade. So those are a little tidbit about the hitchhiking ghosts. Um, outside, obviously they've added photo ops with the photo pass for extra magic and stuff like that. Those were added later. I didn't have a year on that exactly like when they started doing that. Um, the hearse was added after 1995 because it was added to Disneyland first. There was a white hearse that was supposed to be used for the uh, Indiana Jones spectacular. Ah. They decided that they didn't want to use it. And they were like, Hey, but this looks creepy. So let's use it at the haunted mansion. And instead we'll just do like a a fake uh, girdle or whatever for the, um, for the horse. Yeah. There's a ghost horse or whatever. Um, And so then they decided that that like looked great. So they replicated it for Disney world. Obviously the Disney world one is black. Um, and it has a added lead onto the girdle. So, gotcha. so it looks like there's actually somebody like a ghost driving it as well. Not just the horse there. Talk about ghost ride the whip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And she writes her own jokes. <laughs> That's my dad joke for the night. You're welcome. Everyone. <laughs> uh, in March of 2011, a new interactive queue debuted at the Walt Disney world location. So obviously this is when all of the, that new stuff opened. There's new crypts. There's a tombstone honoring Imagineers. Um, a murder mystery for guests to solve featuring the Sinister Dread family, the composer crit, which featured musical instruments that play variations of Grim Grinning Ghost, Grim Grinning Ghost, um, when you touch them. Then there's the Mariners, Brinefield, Sepulchre, however you say it. I don't even know what you say. It. Se- um, Sepulchre? That's how Sepulchre. I say I don't know if that's how you say it. Yeah. Ghost, like, sings and sneezes from within, and it, like, shoots water out and stuff. Um, so all of that, like, side area when you're walking through the queue, that was all added in 2011. Um and obviously if you have a fast pass, you skip all of that. But um, I've always wanted to know the thing behind the five head busts that were added there. So when you pass the graveyard gates on the line, there's five head busts, six mm-hmm. if you count two on the stand. But um, it's supposed to be the Dread family. So it's a family that killed each other for wealth. The members are Uncle Jacob, Bertie, Aunt Florence, Dread, uh, the twins named Wellington and Forsythia, and then Cousin Maud. So Bertie killed. So this is like the story behind them. Bertie killed Jacob with poison from his snake. Florence killed Bertie for revenge with her gun. Wellington and Forsythia killed Florence as a revenge for Florence doing a rogue shot and killing their pet canary. And then Maud killed the twins with her cocaine mallet. 
Maude accidentally killed herself by forgetting that she put matches in her hair to hold her bun together and set a fire that killed her. I'm sorry, did you say a cocaine mallet? No, croquet. Oh my gosh. I really <laughs> thought you said, I was like, oh wow, they were going really deep with this. So that's like that little family of bus that you see when you like first hit that line. Cue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then obviously on April 2nd, 2019, was when the PhotoPass ride photography was added to the attraction. So they have the hidden cameras like in the gallery picture, the portraits now um, that take your picture. So that was uh, the most newly added thing with the RFID data stuff. And I love it, by the way. I know a lot of people were butthurt about it when it first came out because I thought it would ruin the vibe of the room. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's totally fun. All right. Last but not least, other cool facts. Are you ready? (laughs) Yes. We're almost done. Stick with us. Um, Other cool facts. All right. So Madame Leota, let's talk about her. Yeah. The... Faces actual uh, woman named Leota Toom, so that's why they named her Madame Leota. She created the designs for many other Disney attractions. Um, but the voice of Madame Leota is um, actually Eleanor Audley, who is also the voice of Sleeping Beauty's Maleficent oh. and Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. So that's why that voice sounds familiar to you, maybe. Um, you can actually hear real Leota Tombs in the very end as the like little Leota bride. Hurry back. That's actually Leota Tombs. Yes. But the other voice is Eleanor Audley. And, you know, a lot of people know the backstory there. Basically, I can't remember who it was that I originally said was doing Leodum, but he needed somebody for it. And she was like working in the studio and was like, you'd be great for this. Like, come give me your face, basically. Yeah, he so was like, you know, you have a really great face for the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And she was like, say what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah. Uh, and her daughter, Leota Toombs, uh, her daughter is like, was in the Imagineering story. And so yeah. she works. Disney World. And then they used, if you remember from, I think it was the second to last or last episode, they used her, they used her face, obviously, because her mom's probably not around anymore. Um, So she's still a part of it. So they used her face, so it actually looks a lot, I mean, she looks a lot like her mom. Yeah. So that worked out. Um, Let's see. The next thing I have is around 1977, WDI considered utilizing unused designs like creatures and stuff that they originally created for the Haunted Mansion for the Museum of the Weird as part of professor Marvel's gallery, but like none of that ever happened. So I thought that was kind of a, it was like a random thing, random fact. Um, other haunted mansions is Disney Disneyland Paris, which has phantom manor. So that's a reimagined version of the haunted mansion. It's a Western Victorian in the second empire architectural style based on the look of the fourth ward schoolhouse in Virginia city, Nevada. Um, along with that arc Western architectural style, the attraction uses a Western plot to fit in the Thunder Mesa and Frontierland backdrop. Hmm. So that's kind of the story behind Phantom Manor, which that's you can cool. get into. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Doug and I are like dying to do that one. <laughs> Not actually dying. Get um, it? Um, <laughs> where do, where are you with that sound? <laughs> sound I'm just today. enjoying it. I can't get. I can't do it yeah. quickly. Um, then obviously there's Hong Kong Disneyland, which is mystic manor. So it's not a haunted mansion because it doesn't fit with their culture. So this one's a completely different thing. They, cause they don't do like departed spirits in the afterlife. Like that's not a thing in traditional Chinese culture. So this story there is like the continuing society of explorers and adventure themes of, to- of Tokyo Disney sea. The attraction tells the story of Lord Henry mystic and his monkey, Albert, Having recently acquired an enchanted music box with the power to bring inanimate objects to life, Albert opens the box and brings all of the house's artifacts to life. The attraction's exterior is that of a large Victorian mansion in an elaborate Queen Anne architectural style. Um, It experience features a trackless ride system. And of course, the music is by Danny Elfman, because who else would it be by? (laughs) Who else would it be by? Yeah. 
So that one's completely different. Um, but if you watch videos of it, it still looks really stinking cool. Um, I was just going to briefly mention that obviously they made a movie called the Haunted Mansion in 2006. They did? I mean, sorry, 2003. Yeah. Um, which was terrible. Not great. Tell you. Not great. Um, in 2010, Guillermo del Toro said that he was going to write and do like a new one, but that never happened. So, uh, the other thing I was going to mention was like, yes, all the details in the outside of, I mean, everything has like a meaning. So like how you're saying, like it's, you know, cart 37 or whatever in Buzz Lightyear. Space, yeah, Buzz Lightyear. It's like probably means something. We just don't know it. So all of the tombs that you see around, like they all pretty much have meaning. So there's one that says like grandpa, Mark, the patriarch which is Mark Davis. Yep. That one's after. And there's Master Gracie laid to rest. And that's after Yale Gracie. So he's he was like the special effects imagineer. So all of those things like mean something if you're like going through and looking at them. And you could probably honestly look up like Disney and then like if there's a name on there and it will pop up and tell you like who it's probably after. Yeah, one of the uh, other names was Brother Coates, which is uh, for Claude Coates, the guy that, so that Claude Coates and Mark Davis were the two that didn't agree yeah. on the original yeah. story of Wonder Mansion. Exactly. Um, so I love that there's those, those details too. There's also detail in the pavement. So there's like caretakers footprints, there's dog tracks. And next to the captain's crypt is Constance's hidden, hidden wedding band. So it's only visible from the standby queue. So if you go over there and look at it, you'll see it. It's like in the concrete. Yes. Um, that original story was like a fan thing because they had to move a pole from somewhere. And so it left a ring in the pavement and people were like, Oh, that's like the bride's ring or whatever. And so then they had to remove that and they took it they kind of just like kept the storyline and they, when they did the interactive queue, they like moved a ring yes. over to, to put that over there. People went it nuts about that. Yeah. It literally looks like someone just threw it Yeah, and it, it's in like the most random spot, but you're like, that's Disney for you. They'll yes. do that. Um, so there's that to look for. And then um, there was one source that I looked at that said they thought one of the original hosts was supposed to be a Raven. Um, that's why the Raven is depicted throughout the ride. Oh. And that's why there is also a Raven on the organ on the outside but I couldn't find much more about that. Uh, but I felt like I had read that before somewhere else too. So I don't know if there's much to that theory, but another interesting fact. Um, the other thing is to look for silhouettes at nighttime. So there is a silhouette of, of a ghost that will like w go by one of the windows yep. outside at night. If you look, so you can look up and see that. That's another little fun fact. And then um, this kind of like leads into my next ride, which we'll do in a minute um, after you do your next one. But there's a pet cemetery outside and Mr. Toad is in the pet cemetery. Yes. So eight years after his ride closed, he was placed in the graveyard in 2006. And um, Mr. Toad's wild ride went from like 1971 to 1998. So I think that's all I got. There's obviously like a bunch more because there's books and stuff written about this. But I was like, these are kind of the main things that I'm finding across the board. So we'll yeah. talk about them. Um, Do you have any questions? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and, the, and a couple things that I had jotted down that you happen to not mention um, this is the only Disney attraction to appear in different lands in all four of the parks that it exists in, which you kind of mentioned along the way, but it's not in yeah. the same park in any of the parks yeah. it exists in, which is interesting. Yeah, they're, they're all different. Um, we mentioned Claude Coates a lot. Uh, he was one of the two main people behind the design and the concept for this, along with Mark Davis. He was a big chess fan. And the rumor is, because this is not Disney confirmed, this is not TMZ <laughs> confirmed, it is debunked in the book that we have that they like all the Imagineers were like, no, that's not a thing, but you can tell them what it is. Yeah. So that's the reason I bring it up is because it looks like it. So they say that because he was such a huge chess fan, he insisted on having um, chess pieces included in the design of the mansion. And if you look, some of them, and I, I some of it's a stretch, but for sure there's two 
Um, if you know what a rook looks like, if you play chess, but it's basically like castle towers, um, they're there. That like that is probably the most like the toughest yeah. thing to, to deny is that. And then they say yeah. the things next to it are pawns, and if you look, there's a king and a queen chess piece. Fine, but and officially, does he not not confirmed? Yeah, maybe if you know more about like the stylings of those houses from back, like I mean, it's like the 1800s. So yeah. That was just something that was normal. But of course, when we see it, we're like, well, it looks like chess pieces. So they must have done it on purpose. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. They pretty much do everything on purpose that you would think. It's like, meanwhile, they're like, nope, we just needed some more lightning rods. And we yes. needed something to hide it with. So That's probably it worked out what it is. Um, let's leave the Magic Kingdom for a little bit. We'll come back to do the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Um, and we're going to wind up going a little long in this episode and guess what? Good. Because there's a ton, there was a ton of stuff to talk about the Haunted Mansion and I wanted to make sure we included it. Um, so thanks for all the research. That was a lot of research. So let's talk about the Navi River journey. And this is an interesting one to talk about because although it is really, it's truly like, if anything, this is like the newest iteration of a classic style dark ride, right? I mean, this only opened up in 2017. So in the last couple of years, not a whole lot of new rides are opening with that old classic style dark ride, classic uh, style dark ride like setup. Mm-hmm. The, the origin story here is that we're joining the Navi Shaman of Songs. And the point of this is for her to show us her connection to nature and positive energy that she uses and sends out into the universe through her music. Um, so we're going through a quote mystical river ride of bioluminescence with exotic plants and creatures. Uh, the river that you're on in this attraction actually has a name. It oh, is okay. the Kasvapan River. I might be mispronouncing that. Kasvapan, maybe is how you say that. Kasvapan um, and, <laughs> and this is So the setting for this ride takes place after the war between man and Navi. This is supposed to be a peaceful time, long after what you saw in the movie. Everything's kind of settled down. A regrowth is happening. Actually, overall in Pandora, it's supposed to be that nature is taking back over the land. And you'll even notice why there's, you'll see there's concrete walls and like plants are kind of coming through it as if to say the the human or man constructs are being Ah. taken back, taken back over by plant life. And that is, of course, uh, exhibited within the attraction itself. Uh, But overall, the main point of this ride is you're supposed to be leading up to the uh, debut or the showing, the exhibition of the shaman. I have a crazy shaman fact that I'm excited to talk about, and it's a, l- a little inappropriate, but guess what? It's happening. Yeah. Uh, so this. Did you say Jake Sully? <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't see Jake Sully in here at all, because this is after this is after all that. So, like I mentioned, this officially opened. Alert! Sorry. <laughs> this opened in 2017, and well, officially in May 27th, 17. If you happen to be among the people that did it as a preview, like yours truly for the annual Passover preview, it was a little bit earlier than that. Um, this is, of course, part of the giant Pandora project that took five and a half years to build and just about half a billion dollars. And, of course, the project led by Imagineer Joe Rohde and, of course, it inspired by the James Cameron film Avatar. So that's why you see a lot of them. Amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. You learn how like these what the structure actually is underneath. You're like, I don't understand how they did this still. It still doesn't make sense. And you see it in the Imagineering story. They talk a lot about the structure of the floating, the flo- floating. Of the, the oh, floating rocks and stuff. Yeah. Um, the duration of this ride is only four minutes and 30 seconds, which, wow. to be honest, a little short. It's a little short. Yeah. But it's so cool. It is. It's very peaceful and relaxing. And it's supposed to be the opposite of the Flight of Passage, of course, which is m- more of a thrill ride for sure than this. 
So a nice balance of attractions for the like, new land. Like throw up. Just go ride the Navi River and <laughs> yes. that'll bounce you out. It'll slow you down. Um, the word journey was not randomly chosen for the title of the attraction. But then again, how often are titles of things randomly right. chosen at Disney? It's usually for a reason. Um, the point of this is to be a quest or a journey to find the shaman. Thus, the shaman appears toward the end of the attraction. The shaman herself is 10 feet tall, although she's sitting down because if she was standing up, it would probably be too much. You know what I mean? Because the Navi are taller than humans. And the attraction she's... Oh, your energy is way too is much. It's too here. much. Calm down. Calm down. Um, the shaman runs for about 16 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's a lot for one very advanced audio animatronic to be running. So, of course, Which, they did actual years of testing because it told you it took yeah. five and a half years to build the land. Part of that was just making sure that this shaman audio animatronic could actually last. Could you imagine what they look like? Because you know they probably had like just the electronic part, but like yes. with eyes. And oh, it's so creepy. Okay. You're like, what is that? What is that? God, it's 10 feet tall. Um, and you know, like if you've seen anything from the Imagineer, I feel like we talk about the Imagineering series, but like I, it's our first real like Disney yeah. insight into these things. And sometimes it's tough to see these unless you're mm -hmm. following unofficial Disney accounts right. that show things from backstage, which, yeah. right, you never really know. But this is, I mean, it's as real as it's going to be because we're watching it for, on a Disney documentary. Um, it's important because if you've seen, if you've had the uh, distinct pleasure of going on this attraction, whether or not you think it's worth the hype or it's long enough for you, I think you have to agree that the Shaman is a well-done audio animatronic. And they really put their time and energy into it. They used all kinds of new technology within the ride, um, so it's almost like a, I don't want to say a forced 3d perspective, but they wind up using a combination of regular props, semi-transparent video screens, and then regular video screens to give you depth of you're actually going through like a rainforesty kind of thing with the viper wolves crawling around in the background. Um, and yeah. you can probably tell that they're screens, right? But, um, they use a bunch of other things too. So there are parts of the attraction where if you look up, there are lily pads above you. And you're able to see the wood sprites crawling above you. Those are the creatures with... Oh, no, I lied. Those are not wood sprites. Um, the, they're just... I, they're I don't think they have a name. Thing. Yeah, they actually yeah. don't have a name. Sorry. I got excited because I remember the phrase wood sprite. The wood sprite are those weird, like, tiny things that spin that kind of look like jellyfish. Yeah. That are yeah. Just they're kind of, like, just floating around, like, pulsing around. Really, you want them to be real as you're walking around outside? Yeah. I wish they could... When they have drones... Yeah, you're like, where are the wood sprites? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the little six-legged creatures that crawl above you on the lily pads as well. So a combination of things to make you feel like you're really there. And, of course, a ton of sound effects and stuff. Yeah. The crickets um, and frogs and... <laughs> and all kinds of things. And not so much human uh, or wor uh, earthly things, uh, but just a bunch of creatures and stuff. Um, for how it's changed, uh, it hasn't. It hasn't yeah. changed. It's only been open for... This will be its third year. Or it'll be celebrating three years this May. So it's really still new. It's still cranking. Yeah. Um, I do know that they've, like, I mean, I know there's been times where they've had to shut the shaman down. Like, Yes. I, that's in my list of cool facts with okay. a Z. So we'll, okay. let's jump into them because I have a couple of uh, cool facts here. Yeah. One of which is that, and the, my first one here is if slash when there's an issue with the, auto, the audio animatronic, which is very complex, um, it has more range of motion than most other ones that they've used. In case you're wondering, her, her head, I know you're, listen, I know you guys come to that Park Live podcast to hear exactly how many degrees of motion that certain certain animatronics have and Gosh. i believe get get this guys the head has 42 degrees of uh motion freedom 
So oh. there you go. But anyway, a lot of wiring, a lot of wiring, lot of wiring. Of very complex. Um, there's a plan B. So they actually are able to cover her up with a screen and they project the shaman onto a screen. So you're at least still meeting her because she's basically the crescendo of the attraction. Do we know if her voice is the original movie shaman? Don't know. And how dare you ask questions I don't know the answer to. Curious if that was like a, you know, it's another one of those like, no, it wasn't her. It was so-and-so that did it because it sounds pretty legit. But It does sound pretty legit. Um, the shaman audio animatronic has a detachable head and limbs in the event they need to do maintenance and they can just swap it out for a piece that already works, which Not means scary. somewhere there's extra heads and arms and feet that they could do, especially arms because her arms are like flailing about. They're playing the drums and stuff. A lot of beads like Joe Rody's ears. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> um, here's, here's something for you about the shaman. Okay. Someone, now I actually was talking to a cast member who did, shaman. Sorry. <laughs> who did his uh, Disney college program at the Navi river journey attraction at Disney's animal kingdom resort and spa. And, uh, he told me that the shaman is just full. It's a full audio animatronic, meaning if <laughs> in the beginning when they were testing out or whatever part of the process, the shaman's arms were accidentally removing the shaman's top. And, uh. <laughs> and I will, the best, most professional way I can say it is that she's anatomically correct on top completely, oh, totally, all, all bits and pieces. You're like, there you what's go. the problem with that? No one sees it. So, of course, we're joking at work because someone told me at work, and of course, we're joking. Of course, you put a bunch of nerds in a closet and room, they're going to come up with an, you know, the whole You're thing, like, the whole nine. Make your boobs look like real boobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. They're uh, like, that's a secret, guys. Yes. Nipularly speaking, it's all there. So, uh, I'll leave that alone. So, uh, let's move to the queue itself. There are parts of the queue where if you look up and you see like a design if you will or an illustration it's actually the layout like a blueprint version layout of the ride oh you just gotta you gotta look for it you'll when you see it you see it okay um and the last cool fact i'll leave you with uh with the navi river journey is a little translation of the song that the shaman is singing you probably know the song if you've been on the attraction because it's a real earworm. It's the 2017, for me, it's the 2017 version of It's a Small World. So here's a little piece of audio from the shaman singing the ride, and I'll tell you what she's actually saying. You guys have your lighters up do we know if this is a real language or is this the well, made up Disney it's language? well here's the thing it is navi right it's the, it's a language that was actually fully created by a professor in some college or university somewhere so there is an actual translation to this um that particular this is the third verse that i sent you what she's saying is connected as one oh great mother oh wood sprites guys they love their wood sprites <laughs> um we they cry out calling O-A-W-A. And, and if you look at it, um, I believe Awa means goodbye. I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on that, but I've seen that used okay. to mean goodbye a bunch yeah. of times. But overall, the song is called the Shaman Song, obviously. First of all, let's back up to Mega Nerd, the guy who created this. Disney's like, yo, we need you to create an entire language just for this film. 
Like, and, and this dude's like, you got it. Yeah. Well, How much money do you think they they sent him? How much money do you think he made just to create a, a full language? I don't know, How man. How crazy is that? Dr. Paul Frommer, the creator of the Navi language. So they must have, maybe they just said like here, because I don't think James Cameron sat down and created a language. There's no way. He's, he's big he picture guy. Time. Yeah, he doesn't have time for that. So he did it. So there's your little bit of information on the Navi River journey. Um, I think that I don't think actually, I'm... um, that was actually a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to break it to you. I'm just being real. Well, it's tough cause it's, it's a new ride. And, um, one thing I will mention to you is that the ride, although I told you it was four minutes and 30 seconds in the beginning, it was much longer because a large portion of the motors of the, I don't really know what the equipment's called, but you know, when these boat rides, they're pushed. Yeah. By water, yeah, basically. Right. So a lot of a lot of that equipment had been broken, so they were going at a much slower rate. It was there was a time when the ride was actually clocking in at twelve minutes, oh, versus the four minutes and thirty seconds that it is now. And everyone's like, "When are we getting off this?" What thing? is this thing? <laughs> um, so if you happen to ever be on, if you were, a, if I don't know if they were allowing guests on at that point, but if you happened to go on it and it was longer, it might have been because some of the like the jets basically were broken. Right. True. True. All right. Is that it for that? That's it. So we got one ride left, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. One ride left. Um, I already got a text from my husband saying that the halftime show is in six to ten minutes. Yes. There are two minutes left Guys, in the game. I have it up. We are, yeah, we are recording during the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm going to try to do this quickly then. The many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So I'm going to read this again, what Disney says it is. So it says, be swept away by a gust of wind with Gopher, Piglet, Eeyore, Kanga, and and Rue before sliding inside Owl's house. Bob up and down with Tigger during a hide-and-seek adventure. Enter a dream world where singing heffalumps and woozles spring up and down. It's a delightful romp through scenes and songs, <laughs> scenes made famous in the classic Disney film, Winnie the Pooh. Delightful before, romp. Yeah. Before saying goodbye to your new friend, celebrate with Pooh as he finally gets his paws on what he's been searching for. So that was what they say about it. Uh, the origin story, obviously, it's based on the film The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which was based on Winnie the Pooh books by A.A. A. Milne. Um, this ride took over Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So Mr. Toad's Wild Ride um, closed on September 7th, 1998. It was an opening attraction for Disney, uh, Disney World. And then Winnie the Pooh debuted on June 4th of 99. So not, I mean, there's... That's a good chunk of time in between when they did that. Yeah. Um, at Because at the time, Winnie the Pooh had kind of resurged as a popular character again. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of weird because it was like, well, Winnie the Pooh is like something when we were kids, but it got really popular again. So they're like, well, let's do, you know, let's do a ride on it. Um, as far as construction info and statistics, so it's located in Fantasyland, obviously, because that's where that attraction was. It um, is, has full audio animatronics and a trackless ride system. Right? Ours is still trackless. No, ours is tracked. Ours is not right. Okay, sorry. The, so the track the trackless one is at Disneyland. Tokyo. Tokyo. Tokyo right. was the trackless one. Because they have all the new things. Yeah, that's the um, first so that was the first not. one to have the Winnie the Pooh. We've got it after the fact. Yeah. It's crappier. <laughs> the ride vehicles are honey pots and beehives. Mm -hmm. Um, so you like step in and sit down in those. Um, and it basically just feels like you're going through the storybook, like off of the page into the story. So they have like story pages, but then it's like you're in the story. Mm -hmm. um, the heffalumps and woozles part basically feels like you're on drugs. Yes. Um, so there's that. And then like the part where he like falls asleep and he's like spinning upside down. You're like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> um, the ride duration is three minutes and 15 seconds. And uh, there is a, Huge interactive queue. So Pooh, Pooh, Pooh's interactive queue. It incorporates a playground with children's games, allowing some members of a party to play while others hold space in line. 
um, which to me, I just said, this is a dreamland for germs. Oh, God. <laughs> they need to put but, hand sanitizer. That and the thing that they yeah. added with the screen where you can wipe away the honey, that you're just asking for coronavirus. Yeah. They're really cool things, but it's like, I mean, I guess it's like a children's museum. Like when you go and there's all these interactive things Oof. that you touch and stuff. But I'm pretty sure, I don't know if those things get wiped down like ever. So especially during cold and flu season, don't be touching that. But it'd be fun for your kids if not. Um, again, it's just another way for, you know, kids to be. Kids? Um, yeah, for kids to be kids. And they don't feel like they're waiting in line. So um, obviously I don't have anything about how it's changed because I don't think it's really changed. I didn't find anything on that. Right? I'm not. No, like, it crazy hasn't. To do that. It hasn't really changed. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much been the same thing, which, which to me, I was like, man, it was 1999. Like, that's crazy. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's tw- over 20 years old. Yeah. And then, obviously, Winnie the Pooh's, like, little area to the left of, like, the entrance to it on the side is where his meet and greet is. Yep. So that, like, little area is over there. Um, other cool facts. This is it with a Z. So the only thing that I kind of said was in Al's home, everything is scattered about, including, like, a curious picture of Jay Thaddeus Toad himself handing the deed over to Al. So... There's also a picture of Pooh greeting Molly, which is Mr. Toad's sidekick. Um, it's flat on the floor to the right. So these are places, subtle tributes to the Mr. Toad's wild ride. So basically it's like, hey, I'm giving giving this over to you, you know, like a little nod to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of like my tie in with the Haunted Mansion because I was like, well, Mr. Toad's, he has like a he's in the has a little headstone thing in the pet cemetery over at Haunted Mansion. And then this was the other ride that I was doing. So. There wasn't really too much like to add to that. I mean, it's kind of like it is what it is. Um, it's like we do it if we have time to do it. It's just one of those rides for us. It's like, I don't know. Take it I was it. never, Yeah, I was never like a huge Winnie the Pooh um, kid. Like it wasn't, that wasn't like story time for me. It was, oh my gosh, Winnie the Pooh. Like I didn't really watch the movies like and stuff growing up. So the little kid in me, the little kid in me, which is really, I should be rephrasing that. The uh, the little kid in me, um, I get excited when they say hooray at the end. I feel happy. It makes me happy. Yeah. So um, one thing that I know about this attraction is actually outside the attraction. If you're about to enter the queue, there's like a little, I don't even know what it is, but like kids can, can crawl into it. Basically, it's like a little house out there. In there is an image of the old ship from 20,000 yeah. Leagues Under the Sea, which used to be in that area as well. Yeah. I mean, it's very hidden, and the kids that go in there don't aren't aware of what that they even don't know is. What it is yeah. No, and one of the one of the things I love about this ride, aside from uh, quote bouncing like Tigger, mm-hmm. is the dedication to some scenes and the immersive environments. Because there's one mm-hmm. part after the uh, Heffalump and Woozle's room, if you notice, you're in like a hot. I'm guessing you're in like a hot air balloon that crashes or something because it's a stormy yeah. night, and they show yeah. water falling. And then you're in like a river for a small part. Yeah. And then the ride vehicle that you're in is actually swaying and rocking like yeah. a boat would. And yeah. in addition to that, there's um, we, you mentioned how you're basically immersed within the story because you actually see pages from the book. The pages, but yeah. in that particular room, the page goes into the water and some of the letters are floating. Like yeah. from the bottom of the page. Right. It's such a small right. detail. But like as a kid, as an adult, I can't really oh, suspend so belief. Cool. But yeah. as a kid, for a second, I'm like, wait a second, am I in water? Because like, there's a couple of things to trick your mind into thinking you're in water. Yeah. And All I right, don't... so it's a lot cooler than I said. <laughs> no, well, no, I just mean like, I'd, I don't want to take that for granted. And I don't know if anyone maybe listening to this either, either hasn't done it or hasn't noticed it. But next time you're there and you're in that water portion, just like take a look around. Granted, we've been on it before where the ride vehicle we were in wasn't doing the swaying kind of thing, like oh, the rocking weird. motion. It did the bouncing, yeah. but it didn't do that. Yeah. Um, bouncy, 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 bouncy. So that's it for this 
part uh, part yeah. two of part our two. deep dive classic style dark rides. We still have a couple left to go. Um, there's mm-hmm. four over in Epcot, the Seas of the Nemo and Friends, Journey into Imagination, Frozen Ever After, and the Grand Fiesta Tour um, yes. over in Epcot. And then we'll be Come done with our classic style dark rides. That's right. Thanks for hanging in with us. I know that was a lot. I had a lot of talking to do. Not going to lie, my throat's killing me. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to get through this. Well, I mean, so. it's tough because I'm sure you could, we could do a whole episode probably just on Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion, yeah. I was so like, much stuff. man, you could do like a whole freaking podcast on it. So. A whole freaking podcast. A whole freaking podcast. I need I need a better, I need a Disney cuss for freaking. You can do a whole, <laughs> I don't have one for that. We'll figure um, it out. <laughs> um, I do have Son of a Stitch in here, which is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at That Park Life Podcast. I did something new when I visited the park the other day. Um, I just put out a thing like, hey, what's something you want to see in Magic Kingdom? And it wound up being a photo hunt for me because people were oh. um, tossing in ran- kind of random things. Thanks, Mike, yeah. who asked if I could get a, mix- a Mr. Toad picture. And there's only one Mr. Toad in Magic Kingdom. And it's yeah. in the Pet Cemetery. So I had to, yeah. I had to, I was on a hunt for that. Um, but I had a good time. So I'll try to do more things like that when I'm in the yeah. park. And then, um, Beth, you'll be here soon I shortly yeah Saturday. so keep your eyes peeled on the account there for some activity of course on instagram my personal account is at the disney greg and i'm at lost princess printing and of course if you want to leave us a review you can do so by going to itunes leaving us a review over there visiting that park live podcast if you want to see what's going on and of course if you want to support what we do you can do so at uh, our Patreon account, because our patrons and listeners like you are the reason we have a podcast. Um, that is what we use yeah. to, to fund our uh, our subscription to allow us to have a place to host our podcast. So we're always really very appreciative to that. Yeah. Anyway, again, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, uh, we'll see you guys next we'll week. See you well, see you next week or soon. Yeah, I think next week. I think we're doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, I think you know. I think we're gonna do a podcast again. This is not we're our. Do it. You know, let's do season two, one and done, and then season That's three, right. we'll just wait a year. Season two, we're nope. gonna leave you hanging. We'll leave you hanging. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. It's the extended cut of the outro.